Hi, and welcome to the very first episode of Anomaly Presents, the podcast that gives you an idea of what kind of mayhem you're in store for the weekend of November 8th through the 10th at the Cinema Theater in Rochester. My name is Matt Obscure. I'm joined here tonight with a panel of some of my favorite people in the world. We're going to talk about one of my favorite movies in the world. So I'm very glad you're joining us. So let's start uh, going around and introduce everybody to my left. This is Eric Myra. Kristen Pelkwicheko. Vanessa Cheeks. Megan Murphy. Welcome. So what we're going to do on this show tonight is talk about movies that have inspired us to put together this weird film festival of genre films, the, the action, the horror, the sci-fi, dark comedy, all that stuff. So I figured the first one we should talk about would probably be Phantom of the Paradise, because it's all of those things. All of them! So it, it came out in 1974, right? Yep. Um, and it's Brian De Palma, and, and he was kind of coming off a, a weird streak of movies, a, a couple comedies, that, uh, Sisters, which was kind of a Hitchcockian slasher that he made for Roger Corman, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's a weird, it's interesting, but like it's different. Yeah. So then he decided, well, what am I going to do next? Uh, how about a glam rock opera that combines Faust, the picture of Dorian Gray, <laughs> and <laughs> Phantom of the Opera? The story I heard? Apparently he was in the elevator and he heard uh, Day in the Life by the Beatles in elevator music and he got really, really concerned about like what corporations were doing to music and he had like a moment. I don't know if it's true or not, but I like that story. It's like a depressed Brian De Palma, like his head down in an elevator sad and then he's like, I'm going to movie this. That is such an amazing idea. (laughs) The fascinating thing is who he hired for the music for it because he was the king of the schmaltzy M.O.R. music. It was Paul Williams. But he came at it honestly. He came at it honestly. It's true. So this whole thing is this giant labor of love that that came out to um, really no fanfare or acclaim unless you lived in Paris or Winnipeg. Winnipeg loved it. Those are the only two cities that paid attention to this movie at all. I'm I'm so curious why it was big in Winnipeg. That was one thing that kept popping up online. I don't don't know. It's the same thing as like, why did Guy Madden come out of Winnipeg? Like, There's something going on there, which I dig a lot. Like maybe I need to be be in Winnipeg right now. I, I feel like that's it. Is that there's something happening there's there. Something I don't there. know if it's in the water. There's or... a gateway under Winnipeg. Anyway. <laughs> it's the opposite of a hell mouth. Yeah. It's like a wonder mouth. <laughs> the wonder mouth of Winnipeg. So We're making that movie. No one else yes. can make that movie. We've claimed it. Got okay, it. Let's, let's put yeah. it on there. Like, it's legal now. Definitely. So that's where we are. It, it came out to no acclaim. It, it, it was out for, what, 10 days? and something. And failed miserably nobody really talked about it and then 30 40 years later it kind of bubbled back there were some folks that really liked it edgar wright guillermo del toro loves it and they they will champion it to the end of time and i can totally see why so let's open up the the panel discussion here um let's start with vanessa and Kristen because you are you are the neophytes you are the the (laughs) phantom of paradise rookies what'd you think (laughs) what did you think (laughs) i loved it i you know I keep saying this, but the 70s, wild time. Crazy time to be alive. And from start to finish, I was I was in awe of the film, but also in awe of just the stuff you could totally get away with in the 70s that just was like, yeah, it's cool, it's fine. And it everything from the costumes to the color to the story, I, I thought was really, it, it interests me and it was captivating. Um, as far as like the genre aspect of it, I... I was laughing the whole time, but at one point it was terrifying in this manic, like, oh my God, this is out of control kind of way. And and it came like towards the end, at the end of the film, where like the whole 
uh, auditorium was like in this euphoria and everyone's screaming and like these weird dummies were getting chopped up and like shit was going down and (laughs) (laughs) and i was just like just like oh my god like putting myself there if i was there i don't know what i I mean i guess i'd be on drugs it was the 70s (laughs) i'm assuming they all were but it was just it and i think that for me is really what hit home it being a genre is like it it is a movie up until a point and then you're in it and then you're like you get that feeling yeah, I, I can totally see that. I, I hear a lot of people compare it to something like Rocky Horror Picture, Picture Show or something like that. Where It was a year before. It's a year before, and I feel like it's a whole movie. Not not to piss off anybody that's a, a Rocky Horror <laughs> fan. Okay. Well, but, it, it does start as a play anyway, so it definitely has different roots, where this is absolutely of cinema, and particularly this kind of American cinema. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, Christian, what, what was your takeaway? I liked it. I took a nap right afterwards. It was a lot. <laughs> 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 a ringing endorsement, right? I was like, whew, I got to sleep on this. But <laughs> just a solid 20 minutes, I came back, and then I <laughs> wrote down some thoughts. But Here's I mean, a twist. <laughs> You're not the only one who napped after All watching right. it today. <laughs> but that, I don't know if it had to do with the movie. I think the circumstances are just, I was tired, so I took a nap. I mean, like, honestly, I liked it, too. Um, sometimes I was like, when it first started, I was like, okay, I didn't read anything about it beforehand, just went in blind. And I went, okay, what kind of 70s weird is this going to be? And then it really just put the pedal to the metal and <laughs> did not disappoint. And there was parts where, like, beef? I was like, oh, this is really happening right yeah. now. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I'll talk about beef later. I got lots of thoughts about beef. When he's just slipping, trying to stand up, I'm like, what? Oh, my God, just cackling loudly. So (laughs) I uh, found it really enjoyable, and I do like genre films that maybe specialize like in horror, but this one really has it all. There's music, there's dancing, there's there's horror, there's a little bit of like the sci-fi fantasy, like supernatural element to it, too. The devil is there. Oh, Looking at you in the mirror. Hell yeah. <laughs> Paul Williams devil. That's kind of devil. That haircut was the devil. <laughs> did we like his hair short or did we like it when it was longer? I was Whoa. like, you're trying to tell me that's him in 1950 and you're trying to tell me he was in high school? No. <laughs> he was in 11th grade for 23 years. <laughs> Some people are old for their age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a lot of great points that it, it, it is kind of that gamut, and it's so weird to see how it all gets mashed up, and I, I think it works, but what, what are you going to say, Vanessa? I was going to say, it was also my first introduction to Phantom of the Opera. I have never actually seen wow. it. I've never wow. seen a play or musical. I've never seen it Field in trip. film or anything. This is your so, first Phantom? First Phantom ever. <gasps> and so, like, I kind of got the gist. I mean, I saw... I, that's a lie. I take it back. I saw the Simpsons episode of like where oh, yeah. where Milton yeah. was the fan of the opera. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Let's talk so, about that. So like I kind of got the gist of it, but I don't think I was fully prepared <laughs> for the for the nonsense that was. Oh, even if you had seen like every Phantom, you're not prepared for Phantom no. of Paradise. Okay. All right. I was, I was no, no worry. I was wondering. Yeah. <clears throat> you're going to be horribly disappointed when you actually see like the Andrew Lloyd Webber Phantom. No, where are the birds? I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, there's no birds. <laughs> there's, there's no, no... Kind of birds. Yeah, exactly. There's no devil. And no, w- no Paul Williams, though. So. I will say Paul Williams whoops Andrew Lloyd Webber's ass eight ways to Sunday. Oh, I, I got a lot to talk about that music, too. I got so much to say. <laughs> oh, my God. 
All right. So now, now that you've said that, you're you're one of the. Well, no, I feel like Eric must talk before before I oh, suck yeah, all the oxygen take out over. of the room. So, so Eric, you're one of the other OG phantom heads here. So go for it. Well, uh, going along with um, the idea that there's so much to say about this film, there's really so much to say, and you could talk about literally every moment. Um, Forever, I guess. Uh, can we talk about the casting, like couch for the singers, yeah. and yeah. like how disturbing that uh, is, and like there are social horrors in this film as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's like really, 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 really messed up. But the big thing that I always get drawn to is William Finney, correct? Uh, Finley. Finley, Finley yeah. who yep. plays uh, Winslow Leach, and him and Brian De Palma had a relationship I want to see them in college maybe before college yep. and they made short films together and if you've ever seen their short film and I'm forgetting the name if anyone remembers uh, this I do not know I'm ashamed they made a short film together and will sorry I'm gonna keep myself his name oh Finley Finley or Finley it's F-I-N-L-E-Y the lead yeah yeah, yeah. the lead of uh, <laughs> Fam of the Paradise he was in a short film with Brian De Palma and we're pulling it up let's see what it's called um oh, this is magic but what's great about this short film is that Brian De Paul puts all these prosthetics on him and makes him like this horrible monster. And you can just see the the seeds of what mm. would later become Fan of the Paradise being like, I'm going to take my friend, yeah. put him in a bunch of makeup and make him act <laughs> crazy. I've been thinking about it for a while. Every time I look at him, I'm like, man, he needs to be a monster. And he did it. What if he didn't have teeth? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Have teeth. Metal teeth. <laughs> so good. Was it Dionysius in 69? Oh, I don't believe it was this. It had kind of or... a crazy, weird name to it. <laughs> Where's that one? It just makes sense. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, I guess it's not super, super important. No, but, but yeah. You all got Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get all figured out. It is a great short film. Seek it out. But what I'll say is, yeah, I, I get drawn to his character, uh, Leech, and his play, just because he's manic and crazy, and his costume's like the raddest thing ever. Oh, and God. The teeth. <laughs> All of it. The teeth. It's all good. <laughs> what, a, what an odd like, and we took out his teeth and put metal ones. There was no need for it, except yeah. for if there was. Like, visually, there was a need. He instantly got turned into a Bond villain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? I can't take this guy seriously with his real teeth. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those are metal teeth. Okay, now we got a phantom. Now we got a phantom. But I thought it was interesting. It kind of seemed like a De Palma thing where you have this relatively normal, unsuspecting person, and then because of circumstances, they oh, turn yeah. into a monster. They turn into <clears throat> whether they're, you know, a drug dealer or like a crazy Carrie. music phantom. Yeah, music phantom, whatever. <laughs> um, and so I, I think even though it was like a, the beginning, it was, it was I don't want to say the first, obviously, because he made other films, but it, it started something where... I feel like he was able to go super out there and maybe fulfill the fantasies that he had as a filmmaker in this in this oh, crazy oh, little yeah. film. <laughs> but um, and then really like help develop his craft into things that everybody knows and loves. Like this is like Scarface. a film. Yeah, this is like a film without breaks. Exactly. Like this is when oh, he yeah. was able just to go all in. He brought everything. He had all cuts. the storage he needed. <laughs> and he just went for it. Which film do I want to make? I want to make them all. And yeah. he did. <laughs> I want to make them all. I have 90 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, speaking of the 90 minutes, and this is a complete tangent. I'm sure we're going on a bunch of tangents tonight. But it reminded me of like a cartoon. It reminded me of The Simpsons. Speaking of The Simpsons. Whoops. I almost broke this. Oh, you're good. <laughs> speaking of The Simpsons, it reminded me with the editing and the efficiency and the economy of storytelling. Like when he breaks out of prison, he Boom. jumps into a box, <laughs> gets put into a truck, 
and then arrives in the city that he needs to be. It wasn't drawn out. It wasn't like a whole thing. You knew what was happening. You were like, start to finish, because this isn't the story, but I need to know how he gets it. Exactly. It's not the story. So let's just show it as efficiently as possible and move on. Let's fast forward through Shawshank Redemption and just get it. Here's the thing. As as someone watching it, you kind of know Phantom of the Opera bit, and you kind of know Faust, and you kind of know Picture of Dorian Gray. So the movie's like, you know what? You know, and that's already a shortcut. So you don't. We don't have to linger on this. It, the movie doesn't let you get ahead of it. You're with it, which which is part of those things where a movie moves quicker. Then, like, oh, thank God, the movie like knows I'm there and it trusts me to follow, and it's just gonna go ahead and do its thing. Yeah, and I think the epitome of that is the shot where he's framed and oh, goes boom, to the boom, prison. Boom. He's like standing from the judge, American flag. He yeah. turns to the camera, screams that he was framed. Now he's at the Swan sing sing. Swan framed me and stole my music. I'm like, yeah. there we go. There's boom. the movie, there just in is. case. Right. Just in case, you need. boom. Yeah. <laughs> like like when he went out to the bathroom and came back to the, the theater, it caught you up. Yeah. <laughs> 45 minutes later, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, at that point, you know, you made your choice. <laughs> You, you get one save, yep, and then that's it. 20 minutes, and then that's it. That's it, man. Oh, God, is it my turn? I, I believe it is. Okay, well, there's so many things to start with here. Um, okay, so so um, to build off what Vanessa said, so, yeah, so you have this idea, but I think the idea of, like, all these characters, it's weird because there's kind of not a hero because we can say Winslow Leach was made into a monster, but he kind of already was. We saw that he already has anger issues, and he is absolutely... Um, unmoving he will not compromise an inch so whether or not swan had come along to like you know steal his music that music was never going to become popular because he was never going to be able to adjust it to an audience that was anyone besides him so you already have like your phantom is a monster your swan he's a monster phoenix it's not even her story and even she gets a little monstrous when she gets caught up in like when everyone gets caught up in this like fame which i think is part of what the movie's saying about like the, the difference between like like the uh, commercialization of music and the pure, like artistic, and where does it meet in the middle, and how we can all become monsters, except for Beef, because he's a perfect angel, <laughs> and he was just doing a job. A perfect angel in that Santa coat. <laughs> a perfect. He was leaving. He's like, okay, Phantom came in, told me not to sing that music. Guess what? I respect the artist. I'm gonna get out of here. And if it wasn't for drugs, he'd still be alive. Oh, mwah. love you, Beef. Poor Beef. Yeah, love him. My glitter angel. Hardly knew you. Oh, God. Gone too soon. (laughs) I'm like, oh, no. Don't take your anger out on him. Winslow, why do you keep messing up like this? (laughs) You keep killing people, have no involvement. That whole uh, touch of evil bomb split screen thing, right? Yes. He took out a bunch of people. (laughs) It's not their fault. No. That's... Should we kind of just go from the start and kind of wander through this? Yeah. (laughs) Let's start and see how far we get. Yeah. So... <laughs> Where should we start? Should we start with the uh, the Rod Serling the, opening? Yes, which Thank just you. sets the tone. It's like, guess what? This is a morality story, and it's a little fantastical. You know, because when you hear my voice, I Rod Serling, you know what's coming. Like, if you are in a public, you know, if you if you're aware of the Twilight Zone, you know what this is. I'm gonna ease you into it. There's some weird stuff. Here's a little bit of the history that's in our world. Swan's this big producer guy. He created all of the biggest uh, music acts from the last 30 years and he wants to do something bigger he's got like this is his grand idea and it sets you up right like perfectly right into boom music yep and that music is 50s doo-wop from the juicy fruits yeah it's shanana 
Yeah, it, it, exactly. It, it, it's him taking the piss out of Shauna now. <laughs> the mind blowing thing, because I was I was doing some research and watching all like the extra stuff and and. They actually wanted to get Shanana to do that. <laughs> hey, guys, come here and totally he, make fun of yourselves. Yeah. So it was Paul Williams that ended up talking to Palma out of it. <gasps> he's like, guys, you can't. You can't. Because he's like, yeah, we got to have Shanana. And he's like, no. The joke doesn't work if it's like, them. You can't. Right. Yeah, there's no kidding on the square there. You're just making fun of them. So he's, they're like, he's like, there's two reasons. Number one, I wanted to write the songs and I wouldn't be comfortable writing for them. And number two, I can't can't do that that'd be, that'd be yeah. mean but the, the movie's not thing, mean yeah. oddly enough no it, it is it is not. pointed but it's not mean yeah uh he he really was trying to get real musicians to come in and do all that like beef theoretically could have been alice cooper which would have been a massive mistake <laughs> but, <laughs> oh wait i'm picturing it in my head though huh i'd like to see that alternate like universe someday hey guys we figure out how to travel through universes let's visit that one that's okay, cool. Well, start the start only making thing a list. on the checklist. The only yeah. thing on the checklist. Alice Cooper as beef. We have yes, to start finally. somewhere. We did it, guys. <clears throat> oh, well, remind me sometime I'm going to tell you about Sextet, which involves Alice Cooper and Mae West and Timothy Dalton. And it's like 1979, and it's a musical. Anyway. Is this episode two? It, it, absolutely. You should, okay, I'm going to make you all see so many movies. <laughs> <laughs> Why what have we signed up for? It always comes off as a threat. I mean it as a gift. It's a gift. I'm starting to sound like Winslow. God, I knew it. I know this might be jumping way, way ahead um, in terms of like connecting this to genre, mm. but I was thinking this would make a great double feature with A Star is Born, the Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper film, oh. which is all about the music industry. And I was wondering in my head, I'm like, I think Fan of the Paradise does it better. Because you're getting the insanity of the 70s, but you're still getting the satire and the message yeah. of producers are going to steal your artistic soul. Yeah. And if you do this, you're going to die uh, artistically. <laughs> and all the pitfalls of becoming a musician and all that stuff is like done in Phantom of Paradise. And you get it where maybe a star is born. It has a gloss to it. It has too much of a gloss right. to it. And then you're not getting the message. You're too caught up in, you know. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, listen. Who's with who. And... No, no shade on Academy Award winning Lady Gaga. <laughs> but, like, if we're going to talk about the music of Family of the Opera. I mean, oh, my God. See, this, this is going to. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> Damn you, Weber. <laughs> but, like, if we're going to talk about the music of Paul Williams and how amazingly he he writes every song in this. And it, it's genre after genre. And he goes to each from, like, the saccharine you know, fake 50s of, like, uh, the Shanana to, like, that, like, the weird auto love of the Beach Boys he does to all of a sudden going to that glam, dark rock when all of a sudden, like, the Juicy Fruits are now all this death. The undead. The undead. Oh, my God. And then, and then hitting the glam with beef. And then, the, like, every... And, but then he can still do something like Old Souls, which is a genuine song. It's yeah. that one moment in the film where it's, like, it's all come together. And this is a, like, the film, it just it just cuts anything away. It's just Jessica Harper on the stage singing a song. And he can make that moment happen, uh, even with the, the satire that's happening. He's, like, that's so much of this movie, I think, is his ability to write, like, pitch-perfect songs for each moment they're trying to do. The most amazing thing about it to me is that he's writing those pitch-perfect songs, but it's the same song. Yeah, it's it's, it's being uh, twisted and turned. Exactly. And, yeah, it's swan twisting everything that yeah. that Winston was, or yeah, that that he was doing into the different genres. Yeah. To, yeah. So it's fascinating to me that yeah, he does it in all those, but it's the same song. It's the same. 
Like you, Skeleton. like you, you need Paul Williams to be able to pull this movie off. Yeah. That's, you know, it just isn't that movie without that ability to also someone who knows the music industry and maybe has something to say in some of these songs. <laughs> upholstery. They takes like this deep meaning song and makes it upholstery. Like I feel like he's had something like that where someone took something that meant something to him and made it into some bullshit. Oh my god, yes. Carburetors, man. <laughs> Carburetors, That's what life, man. That's what life is all about. Oh man. And then the beat is the bomb. Like, that's brilliant. Like, you're grooving with the song, but also like, oh no. Someone's gonna blow up. And I like, I believe it's the one lady here doesn't want to go out. Oh, or maybe no. she already, like... No, and he's like, like, more drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just go on out there. Go, go, go. Oh, yeah. You're good. <laughs> We're just gonna watch this on the... Yeah, this is... Yeah. It, it is a, a genuinely exciting scene. Because you don't know what side to follow. Yeah, the split screen really, if, if you haven't seen it, we're watching the, the sequence with uh, upholstery, and it's shot in a split screen just like Touch of Evil, which, let, let's kind of talk about that real quick as we watch this. There are so many references to other classic movies. I mean, it's Brian De Palma, so he's going to do it. Yeah. It's especially, you know, especially Hitchcock, Hitchcock, Hitchcock yeah, yeah. and Wells, that's going to be his, his kind of stock and trade, right? But if you watch it, it's in service of this, which is this crazy plot. Oh, yeah, it, it never overshadows the plot. It's not like all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is just an homage. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it reminds me of this thing, but it uh, has a purpose. Yeah, and kind of a weird thing, too. I, ha- I mean, I've seen plenty of split screens in my day, but this one in particular, on the right-hand side, you have a song, like singing yeah. and music, and on the left-hand side, you have dialogue and plot and things and happening. it's coming in and out. And, and it's coming in and out, and you're just as confused as the characters because the music's like in your huh. ear. You can't hear the bomb. Um which is really interesting. It's, I don't know, it makes the scene have... Oh, yeah, it buries it in the beat. At a certain point, you almost forget there's a bomb, and then you forget what side you started watching the bomb. Mm-hmm. So it's not till that very end where you're like, oh, yeah, bomb. And it and it's so, because it sets up with a bomb, you know it's there the entire time. But he's such a master at, like, getting your attention somewhere else. See, I was so, like thrown off by the awful wigs <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really hate to say it but like I'm watching this the thing at home and I'm like looking at their wigs like oh, these are terrible wigs and I completely <laughs> miss the bomb being placed <laughs> so you're like where did that come from I'm listening to the beat as you said don't hear a bomb <laughs> and then I'm continuing like and then I move to the girl and she's like I'm cold he's like I'm not paying you to be cold and I'm sitting there looking at this like what a jerk and then I I see the car explode and my first thought was oh no the juicy fruits and, uh, <laughs> but like I, I i still like you said i i think you know enough about the other stories and and you're following along and but you have to choose like what what to watch unfortunately my eye was drawn to the costume and the fact that you could like still see their hair and the one guy's like bang was in front of his face it was like it was just throwing me off well in thing. fairness it, 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 it was a rehearsal exactly because the juicy yeah. fruits are also like well professionals are rough they're they, they're they're journeymen <laughs> they know how to change their look. They know who butters their bread, Swan. They do. They know. But I, I didn't. I thought like one or two of them or all of them had perished in some oh, no. fashion. Yes. And I didn't quite realize that they were back until the end where they were in their goth outfit. And I was like, oh, thank God. The juicy boots are alive. Oh, no. Sam's bad wigs. Without the bad wigs. I was like, their oh, wigs were blown off. Oh, it was we're better. saved. And I honestly have no idea why I have this fondness for them. <laughs> oh, no. I was worried. That's all. I was worried. It was beautiful. Yes. I like that version of the movie. So where are the ju- Oh, thank God. 
<laughs> oh, oh my god, god. <laughs> my precious babies yeah but the wigs could have gone i don't know <laughs> hey listen i think De Palma had the same like love for the juicy fruits because he makes sure at the end to show them show They're all bad. the bands yeah. that he's like these are my my people right here yes because they represent like everything that finley hated and What's his character's name again? Oh, Winslow? Yes, Winslow. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I got because you. of the whole... Thank, thank you. <laughs> There's and a lot going on. You have to have seen it 20 or 30 times like an insane really person like me yeah. to get certainty. And even then I'm like, wait, what the hell is his name? But I think... It, and too, and that's kind of why you... It's not, it's not necessarily their fault. So it's like, you know, yeah. Like it's a just, job. It's a job, much like right. beef. It's, it's yeah. They're there for a gig. Exactly. And they're there to really just like be the consistency yeah. that you yeah. need through this film. Yeah, yeah. And they do everything <laughs> Swan asked them to do. They like do. For, Guys, your 50s were 50s. Now you're like the Beach Boys. Okay, we're the Beach Boys. And now you're Death you. Rock. Okay, Death Rock. we're going to need right. white makeup and black makeup. <laughs> and they do it. They do. They wear it well. They yeah. start, When they started cutting up those puppets. <laughs> I hate to keep going back to that. But, like, but in my head, I'm still picturing like 50s, you know, Juicy Fruits. And I'm like, guys, what are you doing? They're pretty talented and not- adaptable. <laughs> they are, yes. Handy with a hatchet. Shout out to the Juicy Fruits. Shout out, guys. Wherever they may be. They, Wherever they, they really may be. MVPs. MVPs. The silent MVPs. Yeah. So what else do we want to talk about with this movie? Beef. Uh, do you yeah, want to go in for beef? beef. <laughs> okay. Right. So, well, here's, here's the weirdest thing. So I guess beef, technically, if, if we're going off the uh, fam of the opera thing, I guess he's Carlotta. He's the diva. Yeah. But here's the weird thing. Like, he's not a bad guy at all. He's a guy who, this is a gig. This is a gig for him. He's he doesn't know all the machinations that are going on. All he knows is like Swan's like, oh, you're the you're the guy I want for this. And then like this music isn't written for him, but you're gonna have to make it work. He says, fine. He's like, I'll do it. You know, he's giving it his all, and he gets killed for it. <laughs> and I'm always I feel like like beef really is like he's an innocent amongst all of them. He doesn't sell his soul. He's like, yeah, he does about a 70s amount of drugs. So like, every, he's doing about the amount everyone else is, so that's not it. And in fact, even when we have that scene, the psycho scene, which the like shower just, scene. Yeah, the shower scene where Beef is just getting ready for a show, having a shower, singing the music, you know, warming up his voice. And then freaking Winslow comes in there and plungers his face and basically says, you can't sing these songs. These songs are only for Phoenix, right? Guess what he does? He tries to take off because he doesn't wait for a second because maybe he's seen some horror films too. And if it wasn't, again, for drugs, he'd be gone and safe and at his mom's. In Ohio, right? Is that where he's going? I'm a professional. (laughs) He was the only one that took Winslow seriously. He was like, oh, this man's not right. Yeah, Uh, yeah. He's like, there's something going on here. Don't you get a vibe? It's dark, man. You need an aqua lung to breathe. He He says, he knows it's going on. Yes, audience. Is there a reason why Beef's facial, the drawing on his face changes? Oh, yeah, it was like a, sh- a squiggle, then it was a shamra. It was a boy-girl thing, and they changed another one else, too. Yeah, it was a heart at one point, too, wasn't it? Like a heart and an arrow? I, 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 just, I feel like beef is a mystery that we can never fully understand, <laughs> and that's just that part way. of the magic of beef. Yeah, that or we? De Palma couldn't decide. Probably. <laughs> I also, oh, sorry. Go, go, for, go it. for it. I was going to say, what I really like about his character, not only is he kind of sympathetic in a weird way, because he is the one who's like, hey, I'm leaving. This it's is so not... long. Yeah, yeah, see ya, and... Um, so on and so forth. They could have easily made him the character that has to fight 
Winslow Leach, like his like opposite, <laughs> like, oh, he's beef and they he's could have. And I'm glad they didn't go that route. It would have like, been hilarious. He's like, I'm not gonna fight this dude. Yeah. I'm out of here. This is not my look, guys. I feel yeah. like something's going on between you three. Yeah. And I feel like plus I am not bird named, nor do I look like a bird. Right, right. And I feel like there's a thematic thing going on that I don't fit as beef. Right. <laughs> Even with the glitter, glitter beef. Yeah, he knows. He knows what his role is and he tries to escape. Does. I found the R. shower R. scene. Oh, you found the shower? Oh, my God. Do we want to watch the shower scene? Every day, all day. Aaron, this one's for you. (laughs) Life but less. Salutations from the other side. Also, I don't think he's a bad singer. I'm just... Oh, no. He is very talented. He definitely goes for it. He goes for it. Garrett Graham. Garrett Graham is He was in a Police Academy film. Oh? Yeah, four or five. Oh, God. I don't oh, even know the numbers, but I do. There he goes. His diplomas, Hitchcock. He loves it so much. Yes. 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 Damn right. The look on his face. He got the message. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. He's like, listen, 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 I, I'm, uh, I, I don't have any ego in this. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm not tied to this. I understand. I mean, you could have just like talked to me, but fair enough. Like, you're passionate. You're an artist. You're, you're a writer. I understand. I can't That's get all. It was all in his eyes. Yeah. The, the shriek is. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Would, would you not? Like, I could be honest. No, we're absolutely. all shrieking at that point. Yeah. The metal mouth owl showed up with a. <laughs> I think we'd all be a little shriekish. That I have no idea what the provenance of. I don't know where that came from. It's like, no, it's you. You're you're the spirit I've been sensing here. And he's like, no, fire escape. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, goodbye. I gotta get out ne- of here. like the next shot is him taking off. Yeah. He's got, he's got Kristen Santa coat on and he's bouncing. Yeah. That's the end of that. Yeah. Now, what are what is everyone's feelings on Winslow's uh, crazy, awesome, distorted voice and the whole... Uh, Swan basically taking his voice away when he gets, or yeah, when he gets damaged and he comes back and taking his music and taking his voice, I guess he kind of did, and then giving him his voice back, but through this like technological process. <laughs> Not only giving him a voice back, he gives him Swan's voice. Gives him Swan's voice. Oh, yeah. Isn't the perfect thing? The producer takes your yep. voice and decides that to make it palatable for other people, it's going to have to be something else. Oh, how about my voice? Yeah. It's like, it is a like hit you on the head metaphor, and yet it works because this movie is like the hell of subtlety. Who needs subtlety in this movie? <laughs> yeah, subtlety yeah. would not. It would be buried yeah. in this movie. No, the movie's like boom. And not only does it hit you over the head with like that metaphor that it's making, but then at the same time on a surface level, it's just like oh cool. They explain why he has this creepy voice yep. and he has this contraption, which might have been too clunky narrative wise to do. Where they're like oh let's not explain it. Let's just give him a weird voice, but. They do, and it yeah. makes sense, and it adds to the plot, and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah, plus just all this extra weird, creepy stuff. That, the metal teeth, the freaking owl mask. Like, it's all, like, things that kind of have no reason, and yet, like, how could you imagine it without every single... A cape! Yeah. He's got a cape! He so when he's running cape. through... Like, when they're doing the shot where the camera's right behind him, as he's, like, running through the halls, and to the cape, he's just... Whoosh, 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 whoosh. <laughs> oh, I, that, that, I don't know if that, like comes across the podcast i'm waving my hand whoosh 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 but yeah like it's such a great image it, it is operatic capes are operatic 
doesn't matter what Edna Mode says. <laughs> Listen, that's superhero. So whatever. Like she's got. Look at. I could talk about Edna Mode all day. I mean, I, she, she she has an agenda, <laughs> and it's in her designs. Right. That that's how she makes her money. Capes. She wants to redesign everyone's awesome capes to nothing. Oh, and I'll do it for you for a fee. I'm on to you, Edna. Um, so I'm out of the loop. Is this a person who's taking away capes from superheroes? <laughs> oh, from the from the Incredibles. She's oh, the designer. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I feel like who is no this capes. real person? <laughs> what are they doing? Somebody running through the street. Watch out, right. Vanessa. Somebody might come and rip a cape off. <laughs> you heard me, Edna Mode. It's on. <laughs> I think I could take her. <laughs> so, I, I, <laughs> uh, I, because it's Fan of the Paradise, we've gone all the way off the tracks. It's We're every fantastic. genre, yes. like this movie. Exactly. <gasps> I brought us back. Holy nice. shit, thank you. Um, so, I feel like there's one character we really haven't talked about much yet, and it's Phoenix. Ah, yes. So, wow, everybody just kind of went quiet. <laughs> so, I guess there's a reason. Um, but... Jessica Harper, right? Yep. yep. I think a year before Suspiria. This is before Suspiria. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Suspiria is what seventy five. Something. It's, it's close. It's close. Like it's yeah. in that. Like yeah, she did a lot of candy colored movies. Yeah. yeah. Which good point there. Like everything is very bright red with with Jessica Harper for, yeah, yeah. for these. Even couple like of have years. you ever seen Shock Treatment? It's the sequel to yeah. Rocky Horror. She's in also kind of like some bright colors and some songs. There's an interesting niche she had. Yeah. And but, I dig it. Do you dig her dance moves though? Oh my god, I, the Phoenix! I want someday I'm oh, gonna Phoenix whoa, whoa, dance my way out of a room. Absolutely. We we need when, to watch that because when, that is one of my favorite parts of this whole movie. When she's just like, fine, throws the hat and is like, we're it's going on. This is my moment, and yes. I lost it. <laughs> she's committed. That's for very sure. The moves need a little work, but <laughs> with the emotion behind them, a plus because she went the limit. <laughs> just the throw in the hat. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm for real. We're, we're doing this. <laughs> oh, the hat toss. There we go. That is a passive aggressive hat toss. Like, I kept thinking uh, she, like, she thinks she's doing something right now. She's looking at him like, yeah. yeah. This will show him. Like, yeah. Guess what? Guess what? Him. This hat's nothing. I'm a singer. <laughs> and here's the thing, though. In the movie, though, like, I buy it completely. Oh, I'm yeah. like, no. Yeah, this is a reasonable thing for someone to do. <laughs> That's what this movie does to you. All of this seems reasonable in the moment. The thing, I, I was looking at. Oh, I forgot. Like you forget. Yeah, like, she looks at us. Yeah, like there's a couple like absolute fourth wall breaks. And the movie doesn't care. It's like, nah, now nah, you're you're in it, son. Guess <laughs> yep. what? You're part of the movie too. Mm-hmm. She's singing to you. She's singing to somebody. It's, it's <laughs> this crazy like soft focus. Oh yeah. Christy McNichol music video. <laughs> Or the other part, so when she does Old Souls, right? Yeah. Like the last scene, it, it like closes on an iris, yes. like 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 a weird old time movie or cartoon. There, I don't think there's another one of those in the film. There's not. And, That's the only. There's like one wipe in that. Yeah, and it's a choice. Like, like it, this makes it very. I think it reminds you almost how fake it is on purpose. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, you're telling. It's a story. Dum bum bum bum. This is like the star making moment. Yeah. Not it, in a bad way. I just feel like that's, it's fa- no. it, it is a choice that De Palma made. Yeah, it, it is totally informed by those like crazy thirties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my God, a star is born. But but or yes, we could do or we exactly. could do with, like all three stars born. Yeah. and then oh my God, yeah, that would be a real weird <laughs> marathon that I'm down with. The stars born cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, didn't Paul 
Williams write one of the songs for Star is Born for no. Barbara Streisand? Wait, oh, wait, 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 I think he did. He totally I read did. that. Yeah, yeah totally no, I was did. reading that earlier because I was looking through <gasps> okay. all the stuff. Okay. We're hitting okay. on something here. We're okay. A conspiracy is afoot. That's yeah, it. We're, something's we're, we're finally going to crack this egg open. <laughs> now, I have a spoiler. Yeah. I have a spoiler for Star is Born, and I haven't even seen the movie, but it ties Does it not into work Phantom out? Paradise. Uh, yeah, so. Oh, no. Tell Those two crazy kids were going to make it. So <laughs> Bradley Cooper character may or may not die in the movie. And so Winslow, right? He also yeah. passes on. That's true. That's another connection. He could live. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you're saying is we don't know. We don't know. We, we don't, don't know, know about we Bradley don't know. Cooper. We don't know. As an aside, one of my favorite parts of the movie is right here when she finishes. She puts the mic away. She, no, she yeah. Phoenix Whoa. dances out. It's the best part. But she's, I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> and well, nor does she. Because no. here's the best part. She gets off stage and goes, oh, oh shit. Yeah, she, I got it. Wait. My hat. My hat. My hat. I, my hat. I, I think, oh. It, it's, oh I think so theoretically right. it's supposed to be she's really into the music. But also, I, I love that the film is okay with making her awkward. Yeah. She's very, earnest and awkward yeah. up until the drugs. I well, know this keep coming back to this. Yeah. I think she has to be very authentic and very yeah. like, oh, look at this adorable little. She just wants to sing. She doesn't yeah. want to do anything mm. bad. This pure little flower. She supports when's like, oh, no, I don't care. As long as I get to sing your song, exactly. I can be in the background. Oh, yeah. And in my head, I'm thinking, you just met this man. Yeah. But whatever. That's. <laughs> but then, yeah, so then I think it kind of makes her, like, quote, unquote, fall yeah. from grace a little harder because you're like, I was rooting for you. And they have we the best uh, best makeout scene ever between uh, Phoenix and Swan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, the rain. Oh, oh God. Yeah. That, that is, like, you know what? I appreciate a scene that just, like, you know what? I'm going to go so melodramatic. It's going to rain. He's going to, Winslow's going to stab himself. But that's not enough. Because Swan's going to be watching it all on his camera, doing it on purpose. Oh, look, I'm making out with Phoenix. And, you, and then go up. And, like, stop, stop making out with Phoenix. Go up and hassle him. And like, oh, by the way, like, you're under contract. You don't die till I die. Winslow stabs him. He's like, I'm under contract, too. Rain, rain, rain. I'm like, this is brilliant. I love every so part of it because it just like goes, it doesn't stop for a second. It'd no. be like, no, is this is this too much? The movie never asks, is this nope, too much? Not. No, the answer is no every single no. time. Oh no, because we're gonna find a way to make it more in oh, yeah. about two seconds. That's the Hell thing. You're like, yeah. maybe it is too much, but I I think I need more. No, no, no I can take <laughs> it. Come on, what's what's too much? Yeah. <laughs> well, what was going through my head while watching got under my skin today in particular was how many takes did it take to do this makeout scene? How many days did it take? Because there were so many setups, so many different angles. You're not banging that out in an hour. You're making out for like 10 to 12 hours <laughs> right. all day. Okay. Oh, shoot. We got to film tomorrow. So we're going to get this angle. It's like, well, two people are never... making out. One person's up in the rain. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. Well, Just like guys... sad, crying with his mask and escape right up against the glass. I think I'd rather be in the rain. I don't know yeah, if I'd want to be. That's a, that's a lot going on down yeah, there. There's a lot going on. To that point, I found out today that Paul Williams actually had that part. It was a reshoot because he couldn't remember his lines on the roof. So that was the second time they shot that with him and Finley. Well, maybe it, it feeds into like that tiredness. Like, yeah. I'm, like we're all, everything's screwed, man. Yeah, cause th that's what he said. He was going and recording the music for the, the yeah, show. He had so much to do. And then shooting at night or vice versa. Give so he's lurking. Give Paul Williams a break. Yeah, and, and at that point, he was on mountains of cocaine because that oh. was when he was in the middle of all his problems. Everybody was. Oh, yeah, well... 
Yeah. I reiterate, the 70s were a wild time. <laughs> I wasn't there, but from what I see, it was crazy. It's surprising right? anyone remembered to turn the camera on sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. But. Just imagine some of the crew like, oh, are these pills real? The ones that, like, <laughs> you had a 50-50 chance that exactly. it was. Spoiler they were. Yeah. Half are tic-tacs, half are not. Good luck. Oddly enough, prop pills, more expensive. We were really? trying to cut costs. So, <laughs> one last note on Phoenix. She does get the job, and she's a backup singer for the rest of the, the Juicy Fruits Undead's performances. If you want to see some quality stink face. Oh, she was rolling her eyes. Oh, she's like, man. okay, they passed me up for this. Yeah. The whole time, if you look at her, she is just giving the best gas face. I'm, I'm sorry, Phoenix, but you, you're wrong. You don't see, like, she's too blinded. She can't see the brilliance of beef. But that's okay, because that's a personal issue, and I forgive her for it. When they hand her the armload of arms and legs, <laughs> do you remember the face she makes? Yeah, no, she, she's not amused. She doesn't like the artistic direction this is taken. I think she guffawed at one point. She's like, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Nobody's perfect in this film. Again, except Beef, but like, I'm yeah. nobody's perfect. Like, there, You get cracks all of a sudden that like, make Phoenix has her own agenda. Of course, everyone does. Sure. It's, it's an industry. It's the music industry. Everyone's trying to get their piece, you know? That's why I, I can believe how quick it goes from her having her star moment to all of a sudden she's wearing this feathered jacket doing a crap ton of cocaine and signing away her life. I think that's all in a night. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty quick. Yeah. I think that's like the film like we were talking about earlier. It's like you already know the path that it's going to Yeah, so it's like so boom, boom, why boom. Why waste time? Why, like, why have her have that struggle moment of, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a good person inside. When it could just go straight from like happy to cocaine in the matter yes. of a scene. Like, just do yes. it. Get it over with. I appreciate that. Yeah. Let's do it. It's like the movie's taking coke and just getting yeah. through <laughs> those on, moments. Like, okay, we're taking coke now. Uh, we're coming down. Okay, it we're was supposed it. to be a three-hour film. Yeah. But guys, we just like flying through these scripts. There's pages. I'm like, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> it reminded me of that scene in Scrooge, which uh, I don't know. Anybody's seen it? Bill oh, Mary maybe Scrooge. a few yeah, hundred times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where the girl is like, it's like the fast forward, and she has on the pale makeup, and she was just like the worst version of herself because of him. That's what it reminded scrape me of. Scrape them off. Yeah, scrape them off, whatever. <laughs> and when I saw that part with Phoenix, and she had turned into the what she said she would never be, yep. that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, man. Scraping. You're gonna have to have a ghost come and just yeah. fuck your life up real quick. And that's exactly how I handle it. Or, or someone tries to assassinate you, and instead you see someone's face melt off in front of you, and this guy you kind of knew turns out he was the Phantom. He's all messed up under his mask, and then people are dancing all around, and like no one even notices everyone's dead. You know, She's like, I one don't of understand. Two. I'm like, what don't you understand? Yeah. So either a ghost or you know massacre. Right. Yeah. In the middle of a weird yeah. funk orgy. Yeah. <laughs> Weird question. Did any of you guys notice, and maybe it's because I've seen the film a couple times, there's this one extra. Yes, who follows her around. Dude, the guy in the red yeah. shirt with a shag haircut, that dude is in every scene. Earlier, earlier he's got like a blue shirt, but that last one, he's got a red, and he knows where the camera is at every moment, and he is everywhere it, it is. It's amazing. I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but literally. No, no, no. I'm just I'm, glad I'm not hallucinating no, this. I was watch, obviously, I'm watching yes. the film, and I'm watching her like have this breakdown yeah. running away from Winslow, and, and then she's finally like, oh, you and the whole time she's like having this situation where she sees um what's his face his face melt yeah, off yeah, yeah. and then she's like walking i'm like who's this guy is he like <laughs> is he narratively yeah, important well, yeah that's why i'm watching him very intently because i had already missed the bomb thing with the interview, so i was like i gotta focus on what this man is doing not again not again diploma not, you're not gonna get me and then so i'm watching him and this whole scene plays out whatever and then at the end they do kind of like a wide shot and he just right kind there. of like 
walks away and starts dancing. I'm like, well, then what the hell? He should have exploded. He like, should like something. 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 <laughs> Stab somebody. Something. Yeah. Like, he, <laughs> he was like the phoenix in another movie that we weren't watching. Yeah. yeah. Right? He was looking for his moment in real life. Yeah. There were a lot of cameras. It could have been like literally any film. Like, yeah. <laughs> who knows? Again, maybe someone forgot to put film in that camera. <laughs> and we missed that movie. <laughs> Anyway, shout out to that extra because he yeah, worked it. He did it. We, we noticed. He tricked me and made me think he was a pivotal, a, <laughs> integral thought, part of the story. I thought you were mad. a bomb. <laughs> and then he just missed the ending. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the, the entire third act is gone because we were watching the guy in the red shirt. Do absolutely nothing. Doing fuck all. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing around like the rest of these jerks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was only this last watch, like watch through that I realized there's also someone like next to that guy, and he's got the phantom mask on, or it could be her. I wasn't even sure. It's just this person standing there, and they just saw what happened. They saw gunshots in the guy's face, and, and apparently thought, "I'm gonna pick up this mask," and and it's just this person wearing the mask just standing there. I defy you to tell me if you saw that mask sitting on the ground, you wouldn't put it on your head. Well, here's the That's thing: I take it, but I'd rinse it out. Yeah, I was gonna say. Ooh. Yeah, right, right. I'd rinse it out because I'm not a monster. Well, listen, they're all I mean, high. They don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, it's a little sweaty. Sure. Well, you know yeah. what? I've been dancing too. Why not? This is before like antibacterial little squirt bottles. Right. Just give it a little squirt. If you don't, if you think that's the worst smelling thing in that room, you are sorely mistaken. I'm, I'm worried about taste. A man's face melted off. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm positive he has metal teeth, so you know, like he's got great dental hygiene. See, I've thought about Does this he, a lot. Is, is he crippling. like decalcifying, like rust proofing those? Like, as long as he polishes them like once a week, he's yeah. good to go. Mouthwash with CLR. Just <laughs> <laughs> this is an important conversation. Oh, yeah, 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 guys. <laughs> So what's up with the birds? What does it all mean? What do the what's birds mean? mean? I don't know. The first thing you We're see, all birds. the oh, first okay. thing you see is an image of a dead bird. It's the logo of yeah. Death Records. Phoenix Swan Winslow puts a bird face on. Yeah. What does it mean? I think it's an like, owl, right? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. He's got it's got a little beak. It's, I've, it's birdish. We'll go for owl. Beyond that, I don't know. I wonder if that's the Palmas thing, because that's not that's not Faust, because we're dealing a bit with Faust. His Winslow's cantata is Faust, and we have the selling your soul to the devil. It's not Dorian Gray, which we have in that like um, Swan is young as contract. long as his recording stays, yeah. and it's not from Fan of the Opera. So I think that's De Palma. That's just De Palma. Yeah. yeah. If, if we're gonna go like super on the face, Songbird. If that's where we're going, like yeah, that's yeah. all the yeah. music angle, I guess. He's like, that's a thing. <gasps> that's yeah. a thing. Songbird. That's a thing. <gasps> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I have a cold. That's all. I'm not intimating anything. <laughs> that's a thing. Could it be Hitchcock? <laughs> I mean, because the birds are all killers. Whoa. Marion Crane. Yeah. Oh, stuffed birds could be a Hitchcock oh. thing. Good call. Oh God, you have a good call. call. Like, in, right good call. call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know what? With the Palma, the answer's probably it's a Hitchcock it's thing. Just Hitchcock. And, like, and not, yeah, not in a negative way. Just he lo- Hey, yes. he loves yeah. Hitchcock. What are you gonna do? Well, because yeah. like we said, it's not on the nose. I mean, when you think when you hear or Hitchcock, the peak. you're not thinking. How <laughs> 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 do you sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> no, I watch Phantom of the Paradise. How do I have time to sleep? <laughs> 
like it's so it's not on the nose. Everyone's like a different bird, but they're not all. Like, when I hear swan, I don't really hear killer bird. Goose, yes, yeah, swan, oh, no. Swans are dicks. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> they're nasty. They're the worst. So maybe that's it. Like, yeah. Now she's a phoenix, and this is a question I was going to propose to the group: is the idea that does she? What happens post movie? Does she rise like a phoenix? above all this bullshit and the guys all around her who are dead and goes on to become this great singer or is she just so traumatized by everything and her life's a tragedy too i don't know that's what i was thinking about today well i think or like okay so if we're going with the tone of the movie which is very much like there's no like pure way to navigate the corporation she does kind of what swan wanted to do which was take the death and spin it to more fame. She's the only one who's lived out of those three. Maybe she takes it and spins it like, ha, ha, ha. You tried to kill me, and now I I get to like rise to fame on this tragedy. Which is interesting, because it reflects right back to Eddie's song in the beginning, which is about someone who kills themselves oh, to yeah, make yeah. money. Hey. For, you know, this idea that tragedy is, you can sell it. You can sell tragedy. And it's uh, particularly in... Uh, in music, you have the the tragic martyrs, the people who've died at 27, uh, uh, Big Bopper and Eddie Valens in the the airplane. We have songs right. about that. We uh, mythologize that. Yeah. No. Speaking of dying at 27. Um, oh God. Oh this, no. <laughs> uh, we're, we're all we're all we're all past that. We're good. Yeah. Okay. We're cool. Won't cool. get me. Um, <laughs> Did anyone think the country singer that Swan sees when he's spinning mm. around his little his little record? Uh, office desk space um reminded me like it reminded me of Kurt Cobain for some reason his voice and even though he was singing country it sounded like a grungy and I'm like that's Kurt Cobain even though he's not born or I see and he says he says that's pretty but no but no he has nothing wrong bad to say about the cowboy guy no oh man I don't know (laughs) this film saw the future I did like that scene. I thought it was really cool. Oh, I just love the way it's shot. Yeah, yeah, it was shot so well. I, I when they came out and he was at the desk, I was like, oh, that's a fucking cool desk. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. Exactly. I was like, where would I put it? Um, but I like the way it showcased, you know, obviously like different music and everything like that. But it also showed how he, his power, he can turn anything into gold and he can he can do it. Um, I didn't get that Kurt Cobain vibe off of the cowboy guy, but he was like... I don't want to say my most favorite, but because I'm not a huge country fan, but I thought his was another sound that was more authentic than all the others. Yeah. And well, could oddly be enough, I think part. Well, here's the thing, though. <laughs> I think part, oddly part of the argument is because I don't think anyone's the total villain in this either. Like, I think it also shows like Swan has an ear. Like each, most of those versions, I could see. Like, okay, no, you could do a country version. You could do a soul version. You could do two cute like. Girls sing. I don't know what their genre is. Yeah, but the Carpenters maybe or something. I don't know. But like, I, I think there is this thing that obviously he does have an ability to adapt. The thing that Winslow absolutely cannot do. You know. So I'm like, no, no, no. Like, like, I'm not saying sell your soul to Swan or anything. But I'm also saying like, he does have a tragic element too. Too. He sold his soul because he was scared of getting old, and now he's got to continually watch his. T- you know, he's got a bummer of a life too. I mean, I think he enjoys. You know, he enjoys his power, but also like, I don't think he's. Uh, he, he has a point right. about taking your music and like, hey, guess what, Winslow? No one's going to listen to your cantata if it's just you, your goofy sweatshirt at the piano. That's never going to sell, man. I'm sorry. But you have someone like Phoenix sing it. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I'd listen to it if Beef sang to Okay, Kate, you guys know my issue with Beef. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might be like a little biased there. But no, I think that's interesting is that I, I think um, 
he's not always completely totally in the wrong even though he does try to assassinate phoenix for money (laughs) i'm well i'm well aware of what i'm arguing everybody has flaws exactly (laughs) right there's there's an in-between yeah 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 look there's there's a middle point there's a middle point that maybe phoenix is the closest to the synthesis of the artist that won't bend and the producer that will bend everything is where's that point that middle point yeah, and I think you're right. It is Phoenix, and, and it's interesting that he decides he wants to kill her. Well, yeah, yeah, ego. Ego. Right. And not to go and back into the efficiency of filmmaking that's occurring there, but we've seen that scene a hundred times where there's the person in power who's going to now see the 20 actors or the 20 musicians, mm-hmm. and we're going to get that sequence where they're trying to find the right fit. And De Palma is like, I'm going to do this in 30 seconds. Boom, boom, Just boom, boom. Keep rotating, spinning. Keep spinning, yeah, Paul. Spin around, Paul. <laughs> and show all these different acts. And then we're going to move on. Because we know, oh, here's beef. Awesome. Cool. Exactly. Let's exactly. move on. Yeah. Th- this movie easily could have been three and a half hours had you spaced it out with the same kind of pacing that we have in any other movie today. And I, yeah. like, I don't know if I'd have a problem with it, but I'm very, like, I think that's not great for everybody. I would like the three and a half hour version of this song. <laughs> but I feel like that's a lot to ask of, of a lot of people. And I, I'm aware of that. See, I I don't know because. Oh, that's just me being greedy. No, yeah. I think its runtime is part of its uh, its charm. It gets in there, it does it, gets out. It's what you said earlier that you never really get ahead of it. Mm. So it, it feels like that roller coaster, right? Like you don't really know where that trek is going. You kind of do, yeah. but then you go off of that turn and you're like, oh shit, I didn't see that. This is yeah. gonna get. Oh man, it's you space saw mountain. the roller coaster from outside. Right. And you're like, oh, I got the gist of it. When you're on it, no, uh, son. Right. <laughs> right. Or or if it's one of those dark ones, you just go yeah. in. I go, I got no idea what these tracks are going to do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there in the middle with beef getting a, a, a lightning bolt through his back. And you're like, oh. where am I right now? I hate to say it and I don't want to upset you, Megan. No, but I was, okay. like, I was like, throw it. Throw the lightning bolt. Do it. <laughs> it's okay. I, I knew it had to happen. You know, I understand that it's a movie. It's okay. <laughs> but it's okay. I love it's you. Right. As some like from watching it for the first time and being so used to like watching longer movies nowadays, like in this day and age, um, I liked I loved the pacing of it. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I thought like like we were talking about before, it went fast, but it be it relied on you understanding, mm. which is great because sometimes movies do a lot of over explaining and you're yeah. like, I get it, it's okay. And then you're like, please, just let's get to the fun stuff. And so I, I thought the pacing of it was was perfect for the story as well because it didn't spend so much time on the stuff that I didn't care about. And it also didn't like, especially with the seeing of the girls is the scene I would like to call, it didn't, it had the opportunity or it could have fallen into that plot of like doing the same thing twice. You know, you're seeing all the girls for to be singers and you could have done something similar to see all the musicians, but it completely did something different. And you're still like, you're kind of seeing auditions, but you're not seeing the same thing. And it has a completely different meaning than it ever did in the first part. So I thought it was fantastic. Agreed. That's a great point. Yeah. And, um, there's almost this theory that they say like um, importance in film. So if you do too many close-ups, it's like, well, what am I supposed to? What's important now? Because every shot's a close-up. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand what's going on. And in this, it doesn't. It it lingers on the important scenes, and then it doesn't linger on you know the, fill, yeah. the filler. And that's good because it's like literally telling you, don't worry about this. We're just yeah. we're like, moving. You know what's happening, right? You get the yeah. gist, right? 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 This isn't actually like like you know like. That part where like they're auditioning singers and really it's like the casting couch, right? Yeah. It's like boom, 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 
we got it. Like it, you don't have to like linger on it. We as an audience catch up. Like oh, I get it. This is this is the inequity of the system. Mm-hmm. No, and we get it in like that minute instead yeah. of like folk like lingering when you're like no, I, I know movie. I, I know. I understand. <laughs> Let's like what else is going on? Who's gonna you know? Like I'm ready yeah, for more action. Yeah. It's it's perfect. But still, let you know like this is the bad stuff that's happening. Yeah. This is the problem. And then boom. There, there's no spoon feeding with this movie at all. I mean, you, you, you're right. You could have easily had Philbin and Swan in another scene where they're talking about, yes, we're going to talk to all of these women <laughs> yep. and the prettiest three we're going to keep for yep. ourselves. Ha ha. No, you didn't need it. <laughs> like, like that was an but, eerie Paul Williams. Yeah, they're right? twisting a mustache and I, like having yeah. a top hat on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if this movie came out today, I guarantee that would have been in there. Yeah. There would have been notes, like you know? the audience isn't following. Yeah. Some, yeah. some of the audience is never following. That's their problem. That's fine. Yes. Again, I yes. said it. <laughs> I said Wait, it, man. Yeah, keep up or get the fuck out of the yeah, way. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> movies aren't for you. It's okay. Yeah. If you don't understand Steven Spielberg's hook, then I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Keep right. up. He's Peter Pan, keep people. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman is hooked. Like, of course. Like, course. it's something that makes the most sense. Right. And I gotta go home and watch that. I love that guys. Movie. This is it's another so episode. I got stuff to say about <laughs> Hook too. I love Hook. That's the best part about this show is that we could do it in perpetuity. There are always <laughs> movies right. that are gonna come up in these conversations. We should start a list though. It should all just mm-hmm. jump off of stuff we mentioned. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, you just go through and you're like, "So these are the movies that have now been added to the list. Yeah. <laughs> this will never end. Thank you." Uh, just if gonna you're go around start shouting different movies. <laughs> Or you just start coming. I want to talk about the movies. I'm going to like see how I can like organically put it into the top. He's <laughs> having a list in front of me. <laughs> what are you doing, Megan? Nothing. <laughs> be, be cool, be cool. They're seeing it. Oh, no. I'll just have to have it written on my arm. And I'll just be sweaty. Just memento style. <laughs> <laughs> I just have Polaroids in front of me. A VHS movie. <laughs> I like how you said VHS. Well, like, it felt like if I went for Polaroid, it had to be like it, it just had, felt. No, it had right. to keep the theme old school. Wait, what year is it? <laughs> Analog, baby. That's right. That's why we're here, recording completely on digital. <laughs> um, Speaking of uh, tapes, the tapes, right? The tapes yeah. that he burns ah, that yes. kills Swan. Uh, <gasps> nice. Just try typing. Thanks for no, no, us on track. <laughs> Thank God you're here, Eric. For me, I was like, when they were going through the cut of every contract, I'm like, what a weird cut. Did he just sit here and he's like, yes, I'm going to string all of my... <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a YouTube compilation. My best contracts. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, he had to sit there with razor blade and tape. Right? I mean, it well, gave you the highlights, the yeah. ones you needed to see, but yeah. it's still the same Swan's time. Swan's very forward thinking. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, someone may find this someday. Yeah, yeah. And this is the, all the information they're going to it's going to be. It's gonna, it's gonna be quick. It's gonna, you know, get in, get out. Yeah. I'll mark this one exposition. <laughs> Most importantly, start with me. Yeah. <laughs> Would any of us do different? Like, like if, if the devil visited us in the tub, we're like smoking the hookah, yeah. and being all like depressed about ourselves. Like, oh no, age is inevitable. Oh no. I love it. That it's not even a big tragedy. It's not yeah. even like he's trying to save someone's life. He's like, I'm gonna age at some point. Oh no, I better sell my soul to the devil. Yeah. <laughs> like it's that easy. I, I'm not going to look like Sandy Duncan as Peter Pan forever. So. Don't we all have that existential crisis at some point? <laughs> Why do we keep coming back to Peter Pan? Guys, we really got to talk about it's, Hook, I think. I, think I used to I watch that do. movie on VHS. I would say once a week as a kid. And the whole time I'm watching Phantom of the Paradise, I'm like, he looks like a woman in a wig. Like, what, what woman? It. I could not no. place it until you just it's said straight it. Straight up Sandy Duncan. Yeah. 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 Yep. 
I, I love you, Paul Williams, if you ever hear this. <laughs> oh, no, I'll fight someone over Paul Williams, I, yeah. man. I, I would go to the mats for that guy every yeah, – he, he runs ASCAP. Like, he's the guy that fights for, for songwriters' rights now. Do you guys like Muppet songs? Like, do, 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 all do, of the Muppets. Yeah, what? All of the yeah, Muppet yeah. songs. You want to you know why there are so many songs about rainbows? It's Paul Williams. That's yeah, right. For real, for real. For yeah. real. Have you cried about over a Muppet song? It's been Paul no. Williams. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? That's Carpenter so songs. Paul Williams. Yep. 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 Just an old-fashioned love song, Paul Williams, Paul Williams. Yep. which he did a version of on The Muppet Show with a series of Muppets that look like him, so they each were like taking the part. So there's like like three Muppet Paul Williams singing with Paul Williams. Look it up. Who has those? We have a, we have a question. Well, somebody from the has them still. We have a question from the audience. From the audience, uh, yeah, he actually sang at Henson's uh, funeral. All right, I take back any negative thought or comment I may have said about Paul Williams or oh, thought. Here it is. Show. Look at look at those Paul William oh, Muppets. Oh no, Winslow. <laughs> Every rainy window, you never know. It's true. Though so here's the thing. Screaming, just an owl <laughs> I feel like you'd hear the clunk. Yeah, the metal. Yeah, he's yeah. pushing. <laughs> oh, why this beak? Why did I pick this mask? The jazzy version. You'll say you've heard it before. Is it true? And he rambles on and on. No need in bringing them back because they've never really gone. <laughs> this could be Phantom of the Paradise. <laughs> really and truly. I feel like if I was playing it, like this would be part of the pre-show. Yeah. 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 Good call. We gotta make this happen. Whoa. Yeah. And then wherever yeah. we have to be, there has to be like um like some sort of balcony, and I just need to stand there like swan wise just for a second. That's yeah. all I want. This is guys this is all I'm asking for. You yes. and a cigarillo. Yeah, dude. Dude. Five years in to the anomaly. We're showing yes. Fam of the Paradise, yes. and I'm standing up there like Swan. Yeah. Ooh, and then we gotta blow something up. <laughs> That's on you guys. One yeah. thing I liked is when I was reading about, um, reading more about the film after I watched it was they were saying like it's so ominous and like you don't see Swan, and then when you finally do. It's Paul Williams, and you're like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> am I supposed to be scared? And then, but like, you are. Don't miss the multiple Paul Williams. Moments. This is how it happens. So I get distracted by something else, and then, <laughs> then I miss the good and you miss stuff. The bomb. Yeah, I miss the bomb. It's <laughs> the wigs. It's yeah. the wigs. One thing the entire movie has like um, turns things on its head. Like you have a phantom, but this is not a romantic phantom. No. Like family opera, least. like you know, you have like, oh no, he like Christine, whatever you want to deal with. Christine was like 15. We can deal with that later. But <laughs> you know, we're saying traditionally, he's like, no, no, he's a mess. Winslow's a mess. Yeah. When he went into like a rage the first time about oh, yeah. the juicy fruits, immediately I was like, "Oh!" And, and this is sir. before any yeah. phantom. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Why are you hating on the juicy fruits?" I mean, I get the idea because they're like the corporate. But you, you know, were gonna fight him over puppets. the juicy fruits. Yeah, I was like, "Would you relax? Like they're just here to sing, <laughs> sir." And it, listen, your songs are fine, but there's no reason to get all yeah. huffy about it. And, like, <laughs> and then you know, as the thing goes on, I go, "Okay, I get why he's upset." But, <laughs> but already, I was like, "When's all?" Pump the brakes, yeah. sir. Okay. Oh, yeah. Or the whole thing, like with with beef not being, he's not the antagonist. Mm -hmm. You know, I I like that the movie keeps kind of like you think you know because all these sound like familiar stories and we're following all the familiar parts of it, but then all of a sudden like something twists or something twists or you know Phoenix isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's yeah. not perfect. You know, I, I I like that those little little bits that make you go. Huh. There th really are things that make you go. Hmm. 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 <laughs> so we're we're pulling up to the the station here. <laughs> no, no. So. The Phantom Train has to keep do, 
<laughs> Do we want to talk about like the weird trivial minutia? Because I'm mad obscure, so I like to bring in these mm. weird things. Do you know who the set designer for this was? Sissy Spacek. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't she get weird, <laughs> right? Was, was she fired or didn't she mess up something? She did, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it was that prom. <laughs> yeah. It was right. actually an after party. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but De Palma had the cameras. And then he back made the rest of the film. Oddly enough, right. it was just like Carrie, so he just talked to Stephen King and. Yeah. It worked out. Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> One time someone remembered to put the film in the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she was dating the production designer, and that's how she got the gig, and there she was. And Yeah. So they were talking about like her painting the sets the night before. So that whole thing with all those red walls, they're wet. <laughs> so... Oh. Girl. <laughs> yeah. They wet every time, like... He just goes to like knock on it. He's just like, <laughs> like one hundred percent, yes. Like, like under his breath, sissy, come on, uh-huh. don't screw it's me over. Lead paint. It's lead yeah. paint. <laughs> oh, okay, so lots of things are making sense now. This lots movie, making sense. I, what was the budget? Somewhere around a million, I think it was, and you can see every dollar of it. Like it, it's. Wait, I ever said that? So it's like basically that's like seven million today. Yeah. But yeah, it's still. He did an amazing for, amount without. Amount for of money. that, if you take a look at it, it's unreal. But yeah, so that was that was part of it. Can you imagine the audacity, though? Because they said that he, he it, it wasn't supposed to be, like, this blockbuster hit. He knew kind of what it was going into it. Because you imagine someone handing you a million dollars, and you're going, oh, I'm going to fuck this up. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, this oh, okay. Be- yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Winnipeg's going to love it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, you, you sold it basically on, we got Paul Williams. There, it does have one and Academy Award nomination. Yes, it was for score. Yeah. yeah. And technically, after you buy all the coke, it's like seven hundred thousand dollars you're using to make this film. Right. So. Exactly. Some other weirdness where um, Winslow was recording that big, huge synthesizer that's all around him—that's an actual thing. So that was shot at, I think it was the record plant in L.A. Maybe it's called Tonto, and we are listening to some of their music before the show, and I'll play a little bit because it's weird. So that whole room is a, th- a synthesizer that still exists. It better be weird. I'd be so disappointed if like people are doing pedestrian stuff in this like crazy like electronic gothic cathedral. And was there a lawn in front of it? Was there grass in front yeah, of it? Yeah, there's astroturf in front of it, for oh, sure. Fantastic. For sure. Um, but yeah, uh, Stevie Wonder used it for a couple records. And yeah, it, it's this wild 360 degree plug in monstrosity like, why build and yeah why not like that is the coolest looking thing why not use that well, yeah visually it's it's great yeah. so so these are the noises that that thing makes uh, yeah i'm feeling it yeah i feel like i'm back in the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> Tonto's expanding headband is what this is called. So we're going to talk about Barbarella at some point? That just came into my head. <laughs> it sounds the sound of the Matmus. So yeah that, yeah, that is that giant synthesizer that Swan is plugging Winslow into to get his voice. <laughs> so his voice could have been worse. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> that, no, that music's awesome, but that'd be a weird voice. Right? <laughs> Just a series of sounds. <laughs> Winslow, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Beep, boop, boop. <laughs> 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 
Translation. It's for Phoenix. He can't even yell at Swan. You've got mail. Yeah, no. Well, I feel like that's as good a place as any to end the first episode of Anomaly Presents. So let me thank everybody for, for coming and talking about this weird-ass movie. I, I love it more than anything else. It, it's so much fun to talk about. I, we just sat here. Would you believe it's been like an hour and ten minutes that uh-huh. we've talked about this? It, it flew by like a De Palma film. Yes. yes. It's been nonstop roller coaster, and I want to thank you all so much for coming out tonight. And thank you for watching and listening. I know we've got pictures out there. I don't know why I said watching. That was weird. I'm taking I was like, oh my God, this was filmed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's I wouldn't have shown yeah. up in my pajamas. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this was just audio. Wait, this cosplay was for nothing? <laughs> I made this mask. <laughs> it's, it's a perfect swan. Too. Damn it. You <laughs> bought a giant ball. <laughs> I just put the microphone in the mouth. Oh God, I wish. It, please make a giant paper mache Williams. But I have to have real hair for the wig. Of course. Just flying in the wind. Of course. That's how so. I'm going to live my life. <laughs> One Paul Williams said at a time. <laughs> Family. Oh, man. Yeah, so this has been Anomaly Presents. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next time with, I don't know what movie, but it's going to be a goodie. Oh, yeah. Well, we got, like, like we just set the bar. Oh, guys, we, we set the bar stupid high. Oh. We should have rethought this. Don't, don't, man, don't release this. All right. Don't do this. Like, we're, bury we're, it, and it'll be one of the hit. Like, oh, no, we lost episode. We'll, we'll keep this one in the can. So, yeah, if you want to see more of this weirdness, we're, we've got the film festival coming up at the cinema in uh, November 8, 9, and 10, Rochester, New York. Please be there. Please check it out, because... We're just a bunch of weirdos that want to inflict movies on you. Come out and hang out with us. Don't we sound cool? We're so cool. Find yeah, your so new cool. favorites. Find your new phantom. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Exactly. Guys, let's be the Winnipeg of America. Whoa. That's yeah. Hell yeah. a mighty tall order. <laughs> I know, but I think we can do it. I think we can do it. We've got the hats and the mittens. That's I'm right. Down. Let's do it. Anomaly, making Rochester more like Winnipeg. Yes. <laughs> There's our tagline. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody. If you want to learn more about Rochester and Buffalo's wide range of diverse cuisines, Nominate Meals might be for you. The fun part is you have no idea what you're going to get until you pick your meal up at one of our fantastic events. All you have to do is go to nominatemeals.com and order a meal for two for $40 that features dishes from one small, typically minority-owned restaurant. We run events at Three Heads Brewing, Fatty Beer Company in the neighborhood of Play, and also Nowhere Lounge in Buffalo. We offer drink pairings for sale that pair with each dish for that night, which really adds to the experience. Go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event and join the nomination.